You know, isn't it interesting in a year that 2020 holds, I mean, and, and there's so many things that 365 days hold, and, and uh, I mean, this year, I mean, in the year 2020, you know, I've lost a sister-in-law and a mother-in-law. Had nothing to do with COVID. Just life, right? It's just the journey we're on. Some have gotten married. Some have had babies. <laughs> the joy of it and the grief and the mourning that happens. All wrapped into a year. And I know we're not doing the end of the year or the first of the year, but we are at a time of the year, and we are wrapping up our series on salt and light. And I just want to say I, I do appreciate so much our, our team last week bringing insight uh, into some of the challenges we have in our culture and how we're so distracted. You know, I, I think I've said to you last week I defriended many of you 15, 16 years ago because I never started Facebook, so technically I guess I... But I do have, just so you know, I have, I think, uh, I think there's a Twitter handle. Uh, we have that picture uh, yeah, 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 boy, Pastor Kurt, Colton did a parody on me years ago. I don't know what year that was. That's my, yeah, that's me, and it's not just because it's November. Yeah, that, that had a full head of hair, too, back then. I'm losing it now. What was one of those quotes? Here, let me see that again. Go back to the, go back to the other. A tweet, I mean, yeah, a tweet, yeah. When you pull up to your friend's house to hang out and text them from outside, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I'll come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. And you know what I found out? Allie told me this week, I got 53 followers out of that. I don't know how I have that. I have no clue, but thank you, Colton. You need to update it because it's been a while. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, don't, don't go looking for that, just so you know. But to be salt and light, where we're engaged and influential or need to be engaged and influential. And just a reminder, again, and I know we're wrapping this up, so I'm not going to preach you seven weeks of messages. Matter of fact, I'm only going to touch on a few things we've talked about. But I just want to remind you that obviously we've said this is in our vision statement, this to, to raise up influencers, to be salt and light. That is our vision statement. But our reason for influence, we hope, is for the good of others. It's not for our benefit. It's not so we can gain more followers or we can gain more power. Our purpose for influence is for the good of others. And our hope is that people will not watch our lives and want to be more like us. Our hope is that when people watch our lives and hear our words, they will want to be more like Jesus. That's who we're pointing towards. We're not pointing towards Renovation Church, even though that may be a byproduct. We're not pointing towards the Church of the Nazarene. We're not pointing towards us. We're pointing towards Jesus, or we've, we've, we're misguided on why we're doing what we're doing. That they will understand the transforming power The Savior who has been, for many of you, finding out, been chasing after you a long time.
But one of the things I think that really hurts us, we've talked about hypocrisy here and some different things that hurt the church. And, you know, I don't go to church because that church is full of hypocrites. And obviously that means you'll never probably go to church anywhere. But, but the reality is, as I've said a few weeks ago, hypocrisy in some ways will always be a part of us because I'm going to aspire to something so grand and so big that I'm still going to fall short at times. But I would rather aspire to being the best father and the best husband and the best whatever that is. I would rather aspire to that and fall short than never aspire to it at all. So there are times you'll be able to look at me and go, oh, man, that does not line up with what you said there. And I, I hope and pray when you do that, I'm a wise man. When light is shown on me, that I go, you're right. I need to do something about that. I hope that's the way it is. But I'm not going to guarantee it always is. But here we are, Thanksgiving week. A few reminders. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in everything. Can you think of anything this week that happened that you didn't give thanks for? <laughs> Were you in traffic this week? And everything. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining. Anybody complain this week? Or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the heaven. Can you imagine? You know, you annoy people who don't complain. You, people who complain a lot don't like to be around people who don't complain a lot. You know the way you get rid of gossip? It's quit gossiping with them because you will annoy them. As a matter of fact, if they're gossiping about you, with you, they'll probably gossip about you. But one of the biggest things I believe, and if I can do this quickly today, and I'm going to try to, one of the biggest challenges we have that I think hurts us the most as believers, yes, hypocrisy does, yes, there's things, but the biggest one is entitlement. I looked up a few different de definitions, and entitlement is the fact of having a right to something the amount of which to a person has a right, the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Because the arch enemy of thanksgiving to me is entitlement. It could be complaining, of course, but the biggest one is entitlement. Because the two cannot coexist. For God wants us to be people of joy and thanksgiving. Especially in a culture that's full of entitlement. This will set us apart like stars shining in the heaven. Salt and light. Alan Perkins says this. A thankful spirit is one of, key, one of the key distinguishing marks of a Christian. It sets, us apart, it sets us apart from the world. It makes 
us different. We could spend a whole series weeks of what we're entitled to and what we're not entitled to and to go down all this list and they've given me about 15 minutes this morning so we're going to shut shut this down pretty quick because if we started saying today I'm entitled to good health I'm entitled to a full head of hair (laughs) we're not even entitled to the next minute that's in God's hands We're not entitled to be raised in a home like I, I, I believe these four families will be. We're not entitled to that. And many of you here know you're not. You weren't. We're not entitled to air conditioning. Because believers around the world, I'll tell you what, that are, that are fighting the good fight, don't have it. I'm gonna, this is going to shock some of you. You're not entitled to a cell phone. I know we have children in here today. That sounds like curse words, but I just tell you, should have bleeped that. You're not entitled to free speech necessarily because other people around the world don't necessarily have it. It's a privilege. It's something we should be thankful for. You're not entitled to big weddings that cost thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. Just not entitled to it. But man alive, don't we think we are? I'm pretty amazed sometimes what we think we're entitled to. And I'm including me in this, so don't think I'm pointing the finger there. We don't like to be called out by the term entitlement or privileged or whatever the right word is. I don't. I don't know about you, but I sure don't like that. When we take things for granted, that we should never, ever, ever take for granted. And what does this sense of entitlement do to us? Again, the greatest thing it does, it keeps us from being thankful. You know, I tried to work through this, talk to Jan this morning. Jan's my theological uh, sounding board. <laughs> as we're setting out, drinking coffee as the sun's rising this morning. And I said, you know, you're trying, I'm trying to process what this means. Is it, there are a few things, and no doubt, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying today, okay? You know that's a phrase that I, I, I want to make sure. I'm not saying that everybody needs to be the same or everybody's in, you know, we're not trying to be a, so, I'm not trying to preach a socialist message here today. What I'm trying to preach here is a thankful message. But some of these things are out of your control. You don't know, you, 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 you don't have any, you have no control of what house you were born into or what country you were born into. There are no doubt we work hard, and many of us have tried to be obedient to God, and there are advantages we have, no doubt about that. And I believe, you know, I'm not better than somebody, but I'm better off because when I walk in and step with the Spirit, I'm not better than them, but I'm better off. That's different. 
When I work hard and put my hand to something and try to make right decisions and put those before the Lord, yes, I am now better off, but it still doesn't make me better. So yes, we can work hard and do those things and we get advantages. I don't hear what I'm not saying. But there is a difference between saying I have a right to something or I'm entitled to something just because of where I was born. Matter of fact, when you look at the Spirit, when you walk in the Spirit, when you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, but it's traits, and you begin to talk about perseverance, you begin to talk, I mean, talk about patience, the literal term there for, in, in, in some translations is the word forbearance, which forbearance means I give up my right to be entitled. Because I am walking so much with the Lord, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, that, yeah, I have the right to lean into that. I have the right to take that step, but I give up my right to be right because I'm walking in step with him. Because when I'm good to others, I'm always best to myself. But there's a difference between an acknowledgement and an attitude. I have no idea why I was born with two awesome parents like I was who stayed together for 65 years. I don't know why. I'm just thankful. I don't know why I was born in America compared to some other situations around the world. I don't know why. All I know is I'm thankful. From the color of my skin to the socioeconomic to all those things, all I know is that in this situation... I didn't have any choice in it. Whether I'm 6'1", or I'm 5'1", or I have blue eyes or green eyes, I hear people bragging on, on sports sometimes of how tall they are and what they can do. I'm going, dude, you had nothing to do with being 6'11". It had nothing to do with that. Zero. And there are certain things you can do in life and work as hard as you can, and some people just have an advantage because of the way they're built or the, whatever it is. It just is what it is. The reality is the the mindset of entitlement most often doesn't increase the chances you'll get what you want unless you throw a temper tantrum. And sometimes you do get it, right? You throw that temper tantrum in the home, or you throw that temper tantrum in culture, you throw that temper tantrum in your marriage, you throw that temper tantrum, you may get it. However, it still ruins the joy of getting it because you thought you had the right to it in the first place. And it steals from you. The enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy only comes, and we've talked about it before, if sin had a job, its number one job is separation. Separate you from God, separate you from others, separate you from your purpose. Entitlement steals from us. It steals, it causes rifts in homes. It causes rifts between siblings. It causes rifts in society. It causes rifts where there should not be if everyone was thankful. Because, and again, what I was going to say, well, what Jan and I were talking about is if there is something that I, 
that all other human beings really don't have the same, then it must be the fact I'm not, I may be, is privilege the right word? I don't know. I just need to be thankful. It is really unbelievable, and I try to do a little deep dive on this in my own life, and I tried to get away from it as soon as I started diving into it, because one of the things is, it is unbelievable what we assume we should be entitled to. If we really did a, really sat down today or this week and began to see what we take for granted, what we assume we're entitled to, I think it would make us sick to our stomach. But I think if we let someone else see that list, it would make us more sick to the stu- our stomach that they know that we really believe that we really feel like that's how we feel, that we have that attitude instead of a thankful, thankful attitude. Again, we don't, we're not promised another breath. I've got a dear friend of mine who's fighting for his life in Las Vegas with COVID. He's not guaranteed because I'm not guaranteed to make it home either. We've got people right now that are part of our church that are fighting it. But what can I find out, figure out I can be thankful for? I turned 61 yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And I love Mickey Mantle's statement, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd be taken better care of myself. But the one thing I understand is the future always happens sooner than we expect. Why not start each day with a smile and just be thankful? To be glad, just experiencing God's grace today, his favor. Because we're in control of our attitude. You may not be in control of your, experience, your circumstances. And I'll say this, people around you will really appreciate it if you did that too. Fully appreciate the moments of today. In a year that we have all been under the pressure cooker feels like. And things that happened in January literally seem like a lifetime ago. <laughs> like they happened like 10 years ago. <laughs> or at least two or three years ago. If you're waiting for everything to get figured out to be thankful, you may be waiting a while. So why not be thankful now? I'm not entitled. I did, I wasn't, I, you, you, many of you know we started 2020. Well, we had all kinds of things. 2020 vision, 2020, I'm turning 60. It's going to be my best decade. Boom, 2020 happens. <laughs> what am I going to wait for? I can't wait for some other, then if this happens or then if that happens. No, now, today is the day. Psalm 118, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Hebrews 12, 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. There are tremendous 
promises in Scripture that when we are walking in the Spirit, that we can count on. But I don't know if there's any point we still shouldn't be thankful. (laughs) Even if we're entitled that the Spirit, by walking with the Spirit, gives us this, we still should be thankful. We're going to close today as we do with song and because of this time of year we feel like worshiping and I know this is not for everybody. Jan and I were talking about this this morning. There are certain things for me that are difficult not being in the room and one of them is singing together and worshiping together. And again, I know right now we've just, we're trying to work through all that. And I appreciate those who continue to tune in and I, and I know some of you, worship's important and being in the room and some's not. And so we're, but we, we do believe right now we're doing our best in this season to, to, to allow this to happen, and we don't know what the next month holds. Things are changing a little bit. We've asked you to, to walk with us and, and uh, not grow weary in doing good, and we'll continue to try to do that in this year of 2020 and possibly next year. We'll see. I said this a few weeks ago. 2020 is no doubt's been some of the hardest times for many people. This is what I wrote. What I'm convinced of is that I've been shaped by the almost ridiculous belief that God's transforming grace can make us new creations. Not in eternity, but right here, right now. In Christ's work of redeeming, restoring, and transforming sinful, broken, lost humanity has not stopped in 2020. He is still delivering. He is still reconciling. He is still healing. He's still healing individuals. He's still healing marriages. He's still healing families. And he can heal a country. He can heal. We've got plenty to be thankful for. I think it sets us apart as salt and light. The people who are influential, who are looking for those places they're engaged. Just every day, whether it's in your home or wherever it is. Not taking any of this for granted. Won't you stand with us? I'm going to close Josiah and then we'll lead us out of here in worship. I want to thank you families. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being here, but especially those who are normally not here, who came to support family. Thank you for being a part of this today. And uh, we hope it's a blessing to you. And again, thank you for supporting your loved ones. But again, let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity uh, just to be in your house, to sing, just to even be thankful that we can gather or some can't right now, even in our own country, let alone around the world. We're not entitled to it, but Lord, let us be thankful for it. Lord, again, it's already said by Sarah this morning, just to remember what you have done for us in order to share that with others for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.